We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. It was a long. Fun, exciting, exhilarating Packers-Patriots joint practice. There was so much that was going on. I was talking to to Mike Spofford from Packers.com where I'm like, you'll get these practices where like maybe one or two things happen and you know, it's pretty nondescript, etc. And then of course you have this Packers-Patriots joint practice where it's Packers versus Patriots on offense on one side of the field. Packers versus Patriots on defense on the other side of the field. And there's a million things going on in your head's just spinning, trying to keep track of everything that you possibly can. So a ton to go over. Tomorrow's episode, I will break down everything, go over all the notes, etc., to give you guys everything you need to know from that practice on the whole. But this episode is to just get you caught up on the main things that happened on practice. We'll end with Jordan Love. So we'll get to that at the end, which I think is the key takeaway. But Let's start with Anders Carlson, who to me, Green Bay got exactly the Anders Carlson experience that I think they needed to experience to see exactly what could happen this upcoming season. Now, to be fair, when we go over both Jordan Love and Anders Carlson and anything else we go over today, it's worth noting it was a windy day at practice, and you could tell that it was affecting some of the kicking, the punting, the throwing, etc. So I want to note that ahead of time, but... Anders Carlson starts five for five on the day in practice. Now he was going, you know, he had the wind at his back on those. So that was certainly helpful for him, but he still, he starts five for five and you're feeling like, okay, that that's a good day for Anders. However, we get to the end of practice and the, we'll talk about Jordan Love's two minute drill in just a moment, but Jordan drives the team down the field, gets them an opportunity to win the game on a game winning field goal, 40 yards, right? We're not talking like a 56-yarder. We're talking a 40-yarder. And yes, this was against the wind. It was windy. But Anders Carlson had the opportunity to win the game on a 40-yard field goal, and he missed it. 
He missed the 40-yard field goal, and Green Bay, you know, I guess in that situation, the game would have gone to overtime rather than picking up a win against the New England Patriots if that were the scenario, right? That's that's the experience, and I think that is an important thing to note on this day is they got a glimpse of exactly what it could mean going into this season with a young, inexperienced kicker, and maybe that's fine. Maybe they know that going in. Maybe they understand that, hey, it's probably not Super Bowl or bust this year, so we're willing to go in with a little bit more volatility. That could be their mindset, and if so, so be it, and maybe it pays off down the road, and Anders Carlson becomes one of the best kickers in the NFL, and they it paid off from some of the patience that they had, similar to you know the patience that they had with Mason Crosby at times over the years, and certainly when he first started off as well. But that's exactly what could happen. They could end up losing or tying games because Anders Carlson is going to have a level of volatility and a level of inconsistency that you're going to have to live with. And on this specific day, he had a 40-yard field goal, yes, some windy conditions to win the game, and he couldn't make it. And it was great that he was five for five up to that point with the wind at his back, but game on the line, he didn't make the kick. And then you have uh, another kick later. So they ran a a period where they ran the ball, the clock was running, and the the kicking team had to run on the field really fast and kick the ball. I have no idea what happened on this play. So remember, and a reminder here, again, super windy day. So he kicks a ball and it's like a 40 to 43 yard field goal. I saw a differing version, but like a 40 yard field goal again. And this ball goes up in the air and gets to about the front of the end zone and just falls down. Like it looked like, you know, it was like a cartoon where like, you know, Wiley Coyote shot the football out of the air and it just went plop, like right down, like where he holds the sign up and he looks down and realizes that he can't, he just falls right to the ground. That's what the ball looked like. It was just straight down. It was unbelievable. Now, a couple things here, right? First of all, it also looked wide left. All right. So it didn't look remotely close to actually being accurate either. And this was another like game winning field goal scenario, by the way. So the ball falls 10 yards short, goes to the left, and it isn't even remotely close. And you can argue, hey, it got up there and the wind just knocked it down, right? You have to know as a kicker, if you are in windy conditions, you can't pop one up in the air. That one's got to be lower to the ground and it's got, you got to put a little bit more, you know, oomph behind it. It's not like he lacks for leg strength, right? And to be also crystal clear, kickers made field goals into that end of the end zone. Now, Nick Folk did have a similar situation where the ball got knocked down by the wind a little bit. They called it short. I think he made it, uh, but either way, like hit the net and it was right through, but he hit the net. And if anything, it was slightly, slightly short, not over 10 yards short of, you know, of the, the field goal. Like it, it's, it was unbelievable. So the fact that he didn't, you know, get it a little bit lower to the ground and put a little bit more behind it. And the fact that it ends up 10 yards short and wide left, like it was, it was the ugliest kick I've ever seen. And you can put some of the blame on the, on the, the wind a little bit, because again, it was knocking down some of the balls, but it shouldn't have been that bad. And you have to know to change the trajectory of the kick and cut you know, Carlson didn't do that. So we got the Anders Carlson experience. If you go into the season and you lose a game, you know, because your field goal kicker can't kick extra points and field goals and you lose by a point or three points, etc., you can't say, well, we just, you know, we didn't see this come. You literally saw it coming in the Patriots practice. So I'm not saying you should cut Anders Carlson. I'm not saying you shouldn't give him more time. I have said there should be competition in camp for him right now. If Even if you want to bring in, and I've said this, another rookie, do it. Bring in another rookie. Like if you want, if you're destined to go young, that's fine. But bring in another young guy and see if he can beat out Carlson because Carlson has just flat out been bad so far. There's no other way to put it. He has been bad. 
And you don't want to go into the season with a bad kicker. So uh, they need to f- you know, find something out, bring in some competition, do something. And like I said, I'm not saying they should release him or just give up on him, but they got to do something because it is continuing, you know, continuing to be an ongoing issue for Anders Carlson. All right. Second thing I wanted to go over was Romeo Dobbs. And you always wonder, you know, who's going to step up in some of these big time practices. It's one thing to go against the same guys every single day and so on and so forth, but who steps up when you're now going against another team and is going to make those plays. And on this specific day, I thought Romeo Dobbs did a great job of stepping up and making some big plays. Great touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone, was consistently unguardable on some of the in-breaking routes and some slants that he ran throughout the course of the day. He was almost always open. He beat double coverage on a play. Him and Love just missed a long connection down the field. Really fun stuff from Romeo Dobbs. And this is a very good New England Patriots secondary, and they struggled with Romeo all day long. So a great sign for him as well. And then the other thing I wanted to go over before we get in and finish up this episode with Jordan Love was the pressure up front. So I most of the day I watched the Packers offense versus the Patriots defense. And then you could kind of see some of the Packers defense on the other side. And then there were certain periods where it was just one at a time. So you could see everything. But when I was watching the defense, it was noticeable. And I mean, extremely noticeable how much the Packers were winning up front. And I don't have like a ton of like who, like consistently who it was. And I don't think they necessarily got like a, uh, you know, a ton of credit for some of the sacks and so on and so forth. But there were plays certainly where I saw Kingsley and Igbari get in the backfield to get a sack. There was a play where Devontae Wyatt and Carl Brooks combined for a sack. Like they were constantly in the backfield, causing havoc, causing pressure. And the Patriots offensive lines, both the ones and the twos, had a very, very hard time sticking with the Packers front. And remember, that is without Rashawn Gary. So that is, and, and Kenny Clark, by the way, neither of those two played in team activities. So no Clark, no Gary, and the Packers defensive front dominated the Patriots. In fact, and I just saw this right before I started my episode today, Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald charted everything for the Patriots offense. He charted 13 sacks on Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones through the entirety of the day for the Packers defense. 13 sacks, which is clearly an incredible number. And I'll say it one more time, no Rashawn Gary, no Kenny Clark, 13 sacks. So that shows you just how much they were getting after it. And like I said, it wasn't even just the sacks. It was on the other plays too, where he had to step up into the pocket or scramble or so on and so forth. They were just constantly beating up on that Patriots offensive line. So I thought that was a very good sign as well. And then let's finish up with Jordan Love and you know specifically his day. I thought Love may be fantastic is a bit aggressive, but I thought he had a really, really nice day against a tough New England defense, coached, of course, by Bill Belichick. You know they're going to give you a ton of different looks. Matt LaFleur said in the press conference before the start of practice, they they didn't know what New England was going to throw at them. There was no like scripted of like, here's what we want you to do. It was completely unscripted, and the Patriots were going to call anything that they wanted to call and practice anything they wanted to practice. So Jordan had to be keenly aware of that like anything could come at any given time, right? And it's probable that Belichick wanted to do a little bit more of that because it's not going to be televised, right? It's not a preseason game and he probably felt, and nothing was filmed, although some stuff from the crowd, of course, but, uh, and he probably felt a little bit more comfortable, you know, kind of opening up the floodgates a little bit and throwing the kitchen sink at Jordan and, and, and just seeing how his defense would respond as well. Overall, I thought it was a bit of a slow start for the offense, and I thought the running game really struggled on this particular practice for the Packers, both the ones and the twos. 
But overall, in his first four throws, he was four for four. A few checkdowns mixed in there. He had a nice slant to Christian Watson, but started four for four on the day. He then had, remember in that Eagles game last year when he came in and he hit that whole shot to Aaron Jones and everyone's like, man, if Jones hangs on to that, like everyone's freaking out and it's a perfect throw and he hits Jones in stride. He had that exact same throw to Christian Watson down the sideline. Beautiful ball, was right where it needed to be. I think Watson either didn't see it or got a late break on where the ball was, something. It just didn't look totally right from Watson's standpoint. But by the time he got his hands up, the ball went right through his hands. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily consider it like just a full drop because I don't think he like necessarily ever got his hands on it to actually like drop it. But it was a perfect ball from Jordan. And if we're just talking about Jordan here, it's exactly the the type of throw that you want to see from him. So not complete. It'll go down as an incompletion on the day, but a fantastic like turkey hole shot for for Jordan Love and and just a really, really nice throw and very, very reminiscent of the Aaron Jones throw from Philadelphia from a season ago. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. He then hits uh, Jaden Reed inside on a slant. Great anticipation, great throw. 
He did miss Malik Heath downfield on a throw. It was overthrown. It looked a little bit disjointed. I'm not sure that Heath also uh, got a great beat on it and tracked it very well either on that specific play. But either way, I think it was a little bit overthrown. That's one I would, you know, maybe a little bit of a miss, but like not anything egregious. It wasn't like Heath was running wide open downfield and Love just missed him or anything like that. Would have been a a contested play either way. But I I don't think Heath uh, gauged it super well. And I think Love probably overthrew it a little bit, but you did have that, that play. Then you had completions to Aaron Jones and Jaden Reed, just short completions, nothing to to write home about, but completions. So he was seven of nine at that point and really should have been eight for nine if you, you know, if if Watson would have been able to get his head turned and hands on the ball on on a, again, a gorgeous throw from Jordan. He then was incomplete to Watson over the middle, might've been a sack on the play, uh, but he's trying to hit Watson over the middle. Great defensive play by the Patriots. They were all over it. They batted it down. Um, So he he knew where he wanted to go with the ball, but I I just thought it was really nice coverage and he had to get rid of it because there was pressure up front. So threw it to Watson, but the, the defender made a great play on the ball. Then you had uh, sort of a, it was kind of a red zone period. So it's, it was like at the, like the 25 and then they kept moving in, Uh, but you had a beautiful, beautiful throw from Jordan Love to Luke Musgrave. This is, I tweeted this out, like this is the good stuff, guys. So Musgrave's running right up the seam. He's got defenders tracking him and they're going with him. And Love just places a perfect ball right for Musgrave. Musgrave goes up, makes a a, a jumping catch. It wasn't like he needed to make a spectacular leaping grab or anything like that, but he high points the ball, catches it in the air. And it's just Musgrave being too tall, too fast for the defense. And if you're, if you're going to give him that space in the middle of the field, like Musgrave is going to eat you alive because he's going to run past your, your primary defender. It doesn't matter. We've seen him run past corners, right? If it's a linebacker or a safety, good luck. In this case, it was Kyle Duggar, a phenomenal safety for the, the Patriots. He ran right by him. And, and, you know, Duggar obviously plays like a hybrid sort of role as well, but like, this is his jam. Like that's what he's known for. And Musgrave runs right by him. Love hits him perfectly in stride, beautiful touchdown throw. So that was one of the first, uh, standout plays. You then had, uh, Love on the the right sideline to Jaden Reed. I thought Jaden, or I thought Jordan Love threw a perfect ball to him. It looked like Jaden Reed maybe like hesitated at the top of the route or maybe got caught up. I couldn't quite tell, but it looked like he was going to hit Jaden Reed in stride. And then Reed uh, just had either like a misstep or again, maybe he got held up a little bit at, at the, the top of the route. Not exactly sure what it was, but I liked where Jordan placed the ball. If anyone was going to come down with it, it was Jaden. I think if Jaden had been able to continue cleanly, it would have been right there for him. It ended up being, you know, just a, a little bit out, you know, over where he was able to come down with it and, and, and incomplete, but I really liked that ball by Jordan as well. Then you had a corner of the end zone, just, I don't even like an unreal throw from, from love to Romeo Dobbs, like back corner of the end zone. Dobbs, once again, really nice day, does a great job coming down with it. They initially called it incomplete and out of bounds. It looks like they overturned it to big cheers uh, to the fans on the sidelines. Either way, whether he got that toe in a little bit matters a lot in a game. Doesn't matter all that much in a practice. You're looking for that exact throw and that exact, you know, catch point, uh, you know, just attacking the catch point by Romeo Dobbs and coming down with that play. Well, the, you know, they'll be able to see on tape if he actually caught it or not. I don't, I don't think they really care, to be honest. I think that what they're really focused on is like the overall play. And that was a fantastic play by both Romeo and Jordan Love. And again, I think they did overturn it and call it a touchdown in the end. And just beautiful, beautiful stuff from both of them. So that that's where, uh, again, you had that in the, the back corner of the end zone. You had a, a little bit of a, a throw away after that. And then he got the defense to jump with a hard count. And so that hard count continues to work and it's been super, super impressive. He then had a throw in the back of the end zone to Jaden Reed. 
And this was a wow play by Jaden Reed and a just perfect ball again by Jordan Love. Unfortunately, this one was definitely out of bounds. He didn't get both feet in. And in a game, it's it's nothing, right? There's no glory. And you can argue that in practice, you get no glory either. But he threw a ball. I'm trying to remember, like, you know, a couple of those plays were like, you know, the, the defenders got his back turned to, to Aaron Rodgers back, uh, you know, in games. And Rodgers will throw the receiver open and give him an opportunity to kind of catch the ball in the back of the end zone sort of thing. That was the ball from Jordan. Defenders had his turn focusing on the receiver and he throws a ball. It is like they are glued together. These two are, you know, Jaden Reed and the defender are glued together. But Love put it in a spot where he gave Reed an opportunity to get the ball. Perfect placement. And then Reed, and as I've been talking about, I don't care about his size. This guy plays huge. He did it all at Michigan State. He continues to do it in practice. He plays so much bigger than his stature. He goes up, high points the ball, comes down with it, makes the contested catch. It's just unfortunate he wasn't able to get his feet down in the back of the end zone. But you watch a holy crap play. Like that was a holy crap play, both from Jordan and from Jaden Reed. Just if, if you're the Patriots, you came down with the, the victory on the play, right? Because it's out of bounds incomplete and you, you know, go to the next down or whatever. But uh, overall, those are the, those are the type of th- you know throws and catches that you want to see from those two regardless. And now it's just like executing to make sure that you're getting it in the end zone. But that was another really impressive play. You had a pass breakup on a throw to Josiah DeGuara. And this is where you got a little bit into a, a not a funk, but like they got a little bit out of rhythm on offense, didn't have a, um, you know, a bunch of completions or anything like that. You had a, a throw deep to, to Romeo Dobbs where they, it was just missed and Love placed it. There were two defenders on the play. He placed it right in front of Dobbs and Dobbs was running after it and it just needed to hold up for like a quarter second more and Dobbs would have been able to run under it. I love the vision on the throw. I love exactly where he was trying to put it because it, again, it only, with two defenders right there, it gave Romeo the only opportunity at the ball, just a hair off. It was like, this is one of those days where like even the incompletions looked really, really good and it was just like, a millisecond off. And you can, if you want to be cynical about it and say, well, they're still in completions, you're right. And and, and certainly in, in games, that, that's going to matter and that's going to count. But it was all the right reads. The throws were good. It was just, again, a couple of them were just a millimeter off. And that's sometimes that's the difference between winning and losing in the NFL. But I like the idea. I like the throw. I liked where he placed it, et cetera. You had finally then, really, I thought what really is only really bad throw of the day. He had Jaden Reed kind of coming back to the ball. I liked where he was going with the football. This one hung up in the wind a little bit and was a bit of a wobbler and it fell short of Reed. Reed tried to make a diving catch. It looked like he like landed and the ball kind of like went into his chest at the same time. He stayed down for a minute and then had to come out. He did not return to practice. He looked okay after practice. He looked okay on the sidelines. So hopefully it's not anything you know that's going to keep him out for any specific period of time, but that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on moving forward. I did not see him return to practice. Uh, it, for any of the remainder of practice. So we'll keep an eye on that. You then had a swing pass to AJ Dillon that I, I think was probably a little bit behind Dillon, but Dillon could have came, you know, come down with it, but he didn't. Just a little bit of a disjointed play there. And just when you're thinking like, okay, maybe this is getting a little bit disjointed. He had a beautiful 75-yard throw to Christian Watson. He placed it at exactly the right spot. Watson was able to run under it. The corner made a you know diving attempt at, at trying to break up the play. Watson turned up field, took the rest of the way for a, a touchdown, but deep crosser, perfect placement. Watson runs under it, turns up field, like I said, 75-yard touchdown on the play for really the highlight of practice. 
Right after that, he hits Toure on a deep out for about 15 yards. So he was starting to feel himself a little bit. And then you finally got to the two-minute drive at the end. He hits Dobbs on a slant for about 20 yards uh, immediately. Then he get, uh, gets a, a shot play sort of down the field to Romeo Dobbs that just is a little bit out of his reach and incomplete. You get a crosser to Christian Watson that's complete. Toure, uh, another short catch that was complete. You had a throw away because nobody was open. Love uh, to Dobbs on a slant that was complete, another big pickup. Then a quick out to Dobbs where he was able to get out of bounds as well. And then a specific throw away just to like eat up five seconds so it didn't leave any time on the clock. So he just kind of dropped back and then just threw a high one to, to eat some time off the clock so that they could get the field goal unit on. And again, let them right down the field. I think they started at like their own 25, was able to get them all the way down for a 40-yard field goal. Awesome drive by Jordan against the Patriots number ones. And it's just unfortunate that Carlson missed the field goal. Otherwise, that would have been a winning drive for the offense. But they did everything that they were supposed to. Now, I might be off on my numbers a little bit, but I had him somewhere around like 16 of 29 on the day, which isn't like a great completion percentage, but you had the Watson drop. You had a couple or like three throwaways that were purposeful, including the one at the end where they were literally trying to just eat up some time on the clock. You had the Jaden Reed wild play that was just barely out, out of the end zone and incomplete, but it was a perfect throw. A couple just really near misses overall. They're really only the two throws, the, the Jaden Reed one that was a little bit of a wobbler, and then maybe the one that was kind of behind Dylan, but he, I think he still could have come down with it. That that was it. The rest of the day, I thought he made great reads. I thought he made great throws. He showed touch. He showed the ability to, to thread the needle when he needed to. He showed accuracy, spun the ball really well. Really, really nice day for Jordan Love against the Patriots defense. It's really going to be fun to see those guys go at it again tomorrow and have another opportunity and see how Jordan plays on day two. But I don't know what else to say. It should have been a winning two-minute drive, some really big-time throws, not really much you'd like to have back on the day. And I think that's exactly what you're looking for. I thought this was a pretty impressive day and an impressive step for Jordan Love overall against a very good Patriots defense. That is going to do it for me on this episode. Like I said, I'll break down all of practice. I don't know how I'm going to do it because this one took 21 minutes and I only went through a few things, but uh, I'm going to go through everything else that happened. It was a two and a half hour practice. So there's tons to go over. You're not going to want to miss that episode. I'll see you guys then, but until next time, and as always, Go Paco. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done